We'll see what I do. I may teach some days. I may preach some days. Today I'm going to preach if that's okay. So if you will today, grab your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 33, and verse number 1. And I'm going to Lamentations 3 and 51. If I can get a little bit more monitor, Brother Andrew, I'd appreciate it today. I uh, came over here last night. I knew today was daylight savings time and uh, to get up at to be here at 7 or whatever, I was going to have to get up and I'd really be 6. and So I decided to come up here, and I stayed late up here last night trying to pray and feel after the Lord, and got up early this morning and began to pray and study some more and try to feel after God. And Late last night, I felt like the Lord laid a, just laid this on my heart, and I'm going to do my best just to preach. It's, I don't know who this is for, but I'm going I'm to deliver this today. And uh, we'll see what the Lord will do in our house today. Genesis 33 and 1. Sorry, maybe I wrote 10 down and 1. I'm going to make sure I get the right verse. Last time I tried that, I read about four passages before I finally got the right thing. Don't want to do that again today. Genesis 33. Yeah, Genesis 33 and 1. If you're there, say amen. Bible says, And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, Esau came with him, 400 men, and he divided the children unto Leah and unto Rachel and unto the two handmaidens. Bible says, And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked. Lamentations 3 and 51, the Bible says, Mine eye affecteth mine heart. Mine eye affecteth mine heart. I want to preach today on the thought. I'll do my best. I know we got a Sunday school party next door and food's ready. and or, uh, Sorry, a birthday party next door and the food's cooking and I'm hungry. I didn't even eat breakfast, so I'm going to endeavor to get us next door and get to eat and get some time before service tonight. But I want to preach today on the thought, don't look at the limp. Don't look at the limp. Amen. If you will today, put your Bibles down. Let's just lift our hands. Let's just ask God to have his way in the remainder of this service here today. God, I'm asking you to come down here today, God, to anoint your word. God, I'm asking you to let your word go forth and touch every life, every heart, every soul. Lord, you know every need. You know what everybody's facing here today. I'm asking you to let your word go forth. You said your word wouldn't return void. I'm asking you to let it go and touch and heal and work and inspire and deliver and help. Whatever the need may be here today, God, let your word be able to go forth and do it. And we ask it all in the precious name of Jesus. The church say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Saturday, I was laying in bed. I woke up. The dog was outside barking. And uh, I was endeavoring to sleep in because I knew I wouldn't get to sleep in today. And Monday, would be back to the grindstone going back to working. And so I was endeavoring to sleep in. And so I went and got the dog and brought her in and tried to shut the door to our bedroom so she couldn't get back out. And she managed to weasel her way back out the door and get back outside. And I heard her barking, so I Noah was up with me. And I said, hey, go get the dog, please. Make her come in and let's shut the door. I was trying to go back to sleep. And I was laying there for a little bit, got the dog back in. And I looked at my phone, and it was dead. And so I plugged it back in and laying there trying to go back to sleep. And I couldn't go back to sleep. So finally, I reached over and I grabbed my phone and I looked at it and I saw a text message from Brother TJ that said, hey, are you all all right? I saw your car. And I thought, you saw my car, am I all right? I'm, I'm missing something. So I, I, I called him up, I texted him back and he said, the back of the car. And I walked downstairs only to see the whole back end of my car had been mashed in. And I thought, oh my goodness, I've had a hit and run. I went out to the car and there was no information or nothing. I thought, oh man, this is... What a way to start off Saturday morning. So I got in my car and I drive down to the police station and hang with me. I promise I'm going somewhere. I'm not just telling you about my weekend. And, <laughs> and so I drive down to the police station. I go in. The officer, he looks at me and he says, you doing all right? I say, I, I guess so. Maybe not. I, I don't know yet. And uh, he said, well, what's the problem? I said, well, I, I live over at three.
street and I came down and the whole back end of my car has been hit and I think I need to report a hit and run and he said well no sir you don't he said uh, matter of fact she called into the the office and left her information about three in the morning she hit your car and we have all of her information she reported it it's all good she got insurance you're, you're covered and so I was thankful the the the, the young lady her mom called my father-in-law is his car uh, that was borrowed until I can get me another vehicle and uh, she called and was telling him, she said, my daughter was driving home at three in the morning and somehow or another she smashed into the back of your car and I, I, I want to get it fixed. And uh, they began to talk and converse back and forth. And I was thinking as that young lady was driving that car down the road in the middle of the night, I, I don't know what she was doing. I don't know if she was talking to somebody. I don't know if she was... Uh, sneezed. I don't know what happened. She could have been texting. I don't know what was going on, but I can promise you one thing that happened in the middle of that road was more than likely she wasn't looking where she was going. I, I could imagine probably as she, I told my wife, uh, I said, I, that had to hurt to hit that car and do that damage right there. I'm sure that startled her. And I began to think about that as I was praying last night. There is something about our eyesight. There's something about where we have our focus at. They, I remember when I drive, my dad would always get mad at me when I drive because I like to look around and I like to see what was going on. And my dad would always tell me, son, wherever you're looking at, that's where you're going to go. Whatever you got your eye on, you start looking to the left, it ain't going to be long. You're going to be veering to the left. You look to the right, it isn't going to be too long. You start veering to the right. Uh, amen. The Bible begins to talk about things like this. The Bible says, remember, lots of wives. What was what was so significant about Lot uh, and his wife? Well, Lot got his eyes uh, on Sodom, and eventually Lot was in Sodom. Uh, but when God tried to get them out of it, what was significant about Lot's wife? Uh, Lot's wife turned around and looked back. Uh, amen. I come to tell you here today, if there's ever been a time uh, for the church to get their eye on the prize, uh, if there's ever been a time for the church to realize uh, it's not time to be driving through life distracted driving, uh, but but it's time to get your eye back on Calvary uh, and say, you know what? It don't matter where I'm at in life right now. Uh, if I can keep my eyes uh, on Calvary. Uh, Paul said, I fought a good fight. Uh, I've kept the course. Uh, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, uh, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me. Uh, how did he get there? Uh, he said, forgetting those things which are behind, uh, I'm going to press. Uh, I'm going to set my eyes uh, on the prize. Uh, I wish somebody here today would understand uh, that the prize uh, is too much to get our eyes off of. Uh, amen. We got a hell to shun uh, and a heaven to game. Uh, amen. I wish somebody today would get their eyes uh, back on the prize and say, God, uh, whatever I got to do, uh, I've got to keep my focus. Uh, whatever I got to do, uh, I can't be distracted uh, at this time. Amen. I can be guilty of it. Amen, probably as much as anybody, but one of the leading causes of accidents anymore is distracted driving. And probably want to block that out there if my insurance ever tuned in the power of God. I'd probably not appreciate me saying that, but more than one time I, I, I've taken a phone call and sent a text message. And I've realized I've had a few close calls and every time I think I should put this dumb phone down, it's not worth it. Put the dumb thing up. There's something about it that, hey man, you get your eyes off for just a second. I'm just going to text okay. I'm just going to say yes. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to answer the phone and before you know it, you're swerving. I, hey man, I come to preach to somebody today. I, hey man, that's sitting there and you say, pastor, I, I want to be saved. Pastor, I want to go to heaven. I, pastor, my desire I, is to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, amen. But I've got all these problems on the left. Uh, I've got all these troubles on the right. Uh, amen. I come to tell you today, Colossians 3 and 2, uh, set your affections on things above uh, and not on things of earth. Uh, can I tell you here today, trouble uh, is but for a moment. Uh, pain is just for a moment. Uh, amen. But when you get a hold of a revelation,
revelation, amen, that I'm trying to serve God for eternity. I'm trying to serve God so that I can spend forever in heaven. Amen. It gives me the realization, the distractions, that's what they are. They're just distractions. Problems, that's just what they are. They're problems. But if I can keep my eye on the prize, if I can keep my eye on the goal, I can make it here today. I wish somebody today would say, you know what? I'm not interested in being distracted. I'm not interested in the fog of life stopping my course. But I've set my course towards heaven. And I'm going to keep my eye on the prize today. When this ship was trying to get into the harbor, they don't use them anymore, but they used to have this thing called a lighthouse. And it would stand there and it'd shine that light out and around. And it didn't matter how foggy it was. Hey man, if that, if that captain could just get eyes on the lighthouse... It didn't matter how, how bad the storm or the waves was. If he could just keep his eye on the lighthouse. We used to sing a song growing up. Y'all probably, actually quit saying you all, we all probably sing it around here. We just haven't sang it yet. But began to talk about if it wasn't for that lighthouse, where would this ship be? Amen. It says, my mind went back to one stormy night when I looked out there and I saw that lighthouse still shining bright. Amen. I wish somebody here today that says, Pastor, I wish you understood the fog that I am in. Pastor, I wish you understood what I'm going through right now. Amen. I come to tell you today I don't doubt the fog and I don't doubt the trouble and I don't doubt the storm, but I come to preach you today. There's still a light shining from Calvary today. There's still a hope in this house today. Amen. All you got to do is lift up your eyes. Get your eyes back on the prize and say, God, I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to keep the faith. Amen. It was Abraham. When Abraham was looking down on the mount, all he saw was I'm getting ready to have to sacrifice my son. When he looked down, he saw my only living son that God promised me. I'm about to sacrifice him. And the promises of God, I don't even know how they're going to come to pass. But the Bible says, but Abraham lifted up his eyes. And when Abraham lifted up his eyes, he looked over and saw a ram in the thicket. Amen. Joshua, the Bible says, was looking at Jericho. But he lifted up his eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing beside him. What are you saying here? today. Amen. You got two options in life. You can look down at the trouble. You can look down at your problems. Or you can say you know what God. I'm going to lift my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Can I tell you here today. You can't solve your problems on your own. You can't fix your family by yourself. You can't heal your body on your own. But when I understand looking down ain't get me there. I've got to get my eye back on the hill. I've got to get my eye back on Calvary. Lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help is coming from the Lord today. Amen. I read today Lamentations 3 and 51. The Bible says, Mine eye affecteth my heart. I could preach a lot of things with that today and we'll eventually preach them. There's a lot that could be said about that. About my eye affects my heart. But we're not going to preach a clothesline message today. I'm going to try to encourage some. I'm going to try to help somebody today. The Bible says mine eye affects my heart. And I was praying here last night and Maybe it's the Lord, maybe it's just how my mind works. But all of a sudden, I, I began to put some pieces of the puzzle together. Because the Bible says, mine eye affecteth my heart. And then the Bible lets me know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And I've listened to people in life that they, 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 they talk to them. And life is negative and life is bad. I can't make it. I can't do this. I can't live for God. I, I'm defeated. I'm about to go down. I've realized sometimes that the mouth is not the symptom. It's the symptom. It's not the problem. Because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is speaking. So I started looking at the heart. 
The Bible says in Jeremiah that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah said, I can't trust my heart. So when somebody starts talking to me about, about their mouth and they start talking about the problems and the issues, I understand that, that the problem is not, not the mouth. And the problem is coming from the heart here today. He said, the out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetous, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, forces. All these come from within and defile the man. Amen. When you listen to your heart, your heart's going to tell you you can't make it. Your heart's going to tell you it's too tough. Your heart's going to tell you you're defeated. Because I realize that my heart is wicked and deceitful. Amen. Who can know it? Amen. I'm preaching to somebody here today that says, Pastor, amen. When I say how I feel, it doesn't sound good. When I say how I feel, it feels like I'm defeated. It feels like I'm beat up. I come to tell you today the problem is is not the mouth uh, and the problem yes it's the heart but it's not really the heart uh, because the Bible says mine eye uh, affecteth my heart uh, I come to preach to somebody here today uh, that walked in the power of God Pentecostal church uh, and the enemy's trying to tell you you're defeated uh, the enemy's trying to tell you just say it give up uh, throw in the towel uh, amen I come to preach a simple answer to you today uh, amen but you gotta understand uh, that mine eye affecteth uh, my heart what are you saying Pastor, it's time for somebody to get their eye out of the molly grubs, look up to the hill and say, you know what? I'm not defeated. I've got a God on Calvary. I've got the blood of Jesus on my side. I've got stripes on his back. I've got a provider. I've got a way maker. I've got a healer. I wish somebody today would understand. I can look down or I can look up. I can be defeated or I can be victorious. Amen. And the Bible says the power of life and death, it's in the tongue. What you say is going to determine it. Amen. But if it's going to go through the process, it's going to start with where you look. It's going to determine your destiny. I don't know about you. I'm not interested in being defeated. I'm not interested in the enemy winning. I'm interested in revival. I'm interested in restoration. I'm interested in healing. I'm interested in victory here today. I'll never forget, growing up, we had a gymnasium, family life center. Every Monday night, we just called it Monday Night Ball. We had a full court gym, basketball court in there. And every Monday, we played basketball. That was our thing. 6.30, we'd kick off playing basketball. It was, it, was on, it was on my calendar. Sunday morning worship, Sunday night worship. Monday Night Ball and Wednesday church. I just... That's how it was for me. I went to Monday night. But I'll never forget, we'd always line them up, two captains out there. We'd all line on the line. And my bishop was on, got picked up on one team, and he's standing there. And at the time, he was probably in his late 50s. He played all the way into his 60s, and he could still whoop half the young guys. I mean, the guy was just, he was just athletic. He still had it. He could get out there and run. And I'll never forget, we picked up the teams, and we split sides, and Carl Krasinski walks over onto my team and I'm standing there next to the elder and he looks at the other team and he looks at our team Carl he was probably about 17 at the time he looks at us and he says well we've done lost this game I'll never forget Bishop looked at him he said son you can go sit on the bench if that's how you're going to play today Carl looked at him he said what do you mean he said, if you're going to look at that team, and just because they've got more speed and better shooters on that team, and you've already decided that we've lost, he said, son, you've already lost. And he said, when I step on the court, I don't step on the court to lose. I step on the court to win. He said, if you're going to look at them and let them get in your head, they've already beat you. And I was thinking about that today. How many times do we stand our feet on the course of life and we look out at the other side and say, you know what? Those troubles are too big. Those problems are too much. My family's too great. There's no way that that could ever come to pass. I come to tell you here today, if that's how you 
you're looking at your problem and guess what? Your problem's already conquered you. Your sin's already beat you. Amen. Yeah, you're right. There's no way you can ever make it. But I come to tell you today, if you can understand who's really on your side here today, if you can really understand who's on your team, we're not playing basketball, we're not playing marbles, and we're not playing hopscotch. We've got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on our side. Amen. I come to preach to somebody today. Get your eyes back up. Get your eyes back up. Get your eyes back up. Amen. This church is not defeated. God is not defeated. Amen. He's still a healer. He's still a deliverer. He's still a way maker. He's still a provider. He's still forgiving sins. He's still restoring the backslider. He's still healing the sick. Amen. Look up for your redemption. Draw it nigh. I'm going to tell you, if, if you don't want to make it, hey man, you look around the church long enough. I've been in church all my life. And if you want to look around the church, I promise you, you can find a reason to quit. Hey man, you look around the church long enough and you'll find a reason you can't make it. You look at life long enough, I, get, I promise you, you'll find something that'll give you a reason to throw in the towel. I promise you, I won't do it on purpose, but I'm sure over the next 40 years, I'll probably offend somebody and I'll give somebody a reason to say, I don't like that pastor and throw in the towel and walk out. But let me tell you the flip side of that coin. That yes, you can find a reason why you can't be saved. But the flip side of that coin is if you want to find a reason to be saved, if you want to find a reason that you can make it, you'll find a reason. The Bible says that no man, amen, can pluck me out of the hand of God. The only way I'm going to get out of the hand of God is I'm going to have to get up and walk out. And that lets me know I can get up and walk back in. Amen. I don't know where you're at today. If you're in the hand of God and you're wondering, Pastor, how am I going to make it? Or if you're outside the hand of God and you're wondering, how am I going to get back? I come to tell you the answer is the same. Lift up your eyes. Look up. Look up. Look up here today, saying to God. David said, King David. Amen. Verse Strong is talking about he said in Psalms 3 and 1, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Imagine that. There's no help for him in God. But David didn't give up there. He didn't listen to the naysayers. He didn't get his eyes down in the dumps. He didn't throw in the towel. He said, yeah, there's many that say there's no hope for him in God. But he said, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You're my glory and the lifter up of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And he heard me out of his holy hill. Amen. He said, I laid me down and I slept. I await for the Lord sustain me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Amen. I come to preach to somebody here today that God's in the business of lifting up some heads. Amen. I don't know who you are today, but I come to preach to somebody uh, that's got their head down uh, and the enemy's trying to tell you throw in the towel. Uh, God sent you a 31-year-old young preacher here today uh, to encourage you uh, and let you know if you'll let him. Uh, God's one to lift some heads. Uh, God's one to encourage somebody today. Uh, God's one to strengthen somebody today. Uh, it's not always as it seems. Uh, it's not always how it is. Uh, yes, the Bible says it rains on the just uh, and the unjust. Uh, yes, you're going to go through problems but I've got a God that's able to lift my head here today. I've got a God that'll never leave me nor forsake me. He said he'll be a friend that sticketh closer than any brother. And when I can't lift my own head up, David said he's the lifter up of my head here today. I was listening to my grandfather preach yesterday. I'd had some old tapes, old thumb drives somebody had given me of him preaching. He's teaching on the tabernacle. 
I was listening to it. He said something just in passing. I thought, my goodness, that's good. I wrote it down. I stuck it in here today. He said when they, when they was building the tabernacle, they was building the house of God, and they'd erect it and they'd put it up. They had their staves and their sockets, and they'd, they'd put the sockets down to hold the tent up. And he said the sockets was made of brass. What they put down in the ground, it was a brass. He said brass, I looked it up, brass in the Bible always represented judgment. So there was brass, judgment sitting there. But the poles holding it up was silver. And he said silver. I looked it up and Grandpa was right. Silver in the Bible represents redemption and hope and the redeeming power of Christ. And he said, when you come to the house of God, he said, you got two options. You can either spend it looking down at the world and looking down at your problems and looking down at life and when you look down all you're going to see is judgment all you're going to see is brass all you're going to see is how hard this thing is amen but he said if you look up all you're going to see is silver all you're going to see is redemption I come to preach to somebody here today amen it's up to you you can either walk out of here today saying it's judgment it's too hard I can't make it or you can lift your eyes up when you come to the house of God and say you know what there's redemption in the house you know what there's hope in the house it's all a matter of where you're looking today amen let me preach to somebody here amen why don't you quit looking at the judgment and understand here today that you're in a house that's got hope you're in a house that has redemption here today amen God said you know what as long as you keep looking up as long as you keep your eye up you can can be redeemed. You can be restored. You can be set free. But it's got to start with somebody that says, you know what God, I'm going to look up. I'm going to look up. I'm going to look up. Brother TJ was telling me about a friend of his today. Call him up. Having problems in life. Now I've watched people I've said it here. I used to say it a lot when I evangelized. But I've learned something about God. His friend was trying to figure life out and was struggling. I've realized with something. With God, you don't come, you don't get it all together to come to God. You come to God so that you can get it all together. Can I tell you here today, church, on our own, uh, it don't matter what we do, we're never going to fix life. Uh, we're never going to figure it all out. Uh, we're never going to get all the pieces together. Uh, but when I bring it to God uh, and I lay it down at the altar, uh, I understand uh, when I'm looking up uh, and I raise my hands at the altar, uh, you know what I see? I don't see judgment. Uh, I see redemption. Uh, I see a God that restores. Uh, I see a God of hope here today. Uh, amen. I wish somebody would get a hold of this here today. Uh, amen. Man, I come to preach a message of hope for somebody. I came to preach somebody out of a pit of despair. He said he picked my me up out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock. I come to get you out of the clay. I come to get you out of the miry pit. Amen. Lift up your eyes to the hills from whence cometh your help. Your help today is coming from the Lord. Amen. I read today about a man by the name of Jacob. Jacob is God's man. He's called by God. God's got a plan for his life. But Jacob is not short on problems. Can I tell you here today, the absence of problems does not prove the, the favor of God and the abundance of problems does not prove the lack of favor of God. Man, it's a relationship that determines where I'm at. Because if you want to sit down and look at Esau and Jacob, Jacob had a lot more problems than Esau. Man, I know eventually we get to the place where Esau trades his birthright 
for a pot of soup. And God says, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. But if you look over the life of Esau, Jacob is a lot more of a deceiver and a conniver and he makes a lot more, more problems Amen. Then I ever read about Esau. Maybe that's just because the Bible focuses on Jacob and Esau was just a raging heathen. Maybe, maybe he was, but cross the pages of Scripture. When Jacob's, or when Isaac tells Esau to go and get me venison, Esau goes and gets venison. And Jacob is deceiving and conniving and, and he's got all these problems. And Esau, yes, Esau had his problems. We'll preach about Esau sometime. And Esau had all kinds of problems. But get my point here today. Yes, Jacob was God's man. But no, Jacob was not perfect. And Jacob had problems. And Jacob had issues. And Jacob had struggles. But Jacob had one thing. Uh, amen. He kept God at the forefront of his life. Uh, Jacob made up in his mind, uh, I'm going to have some encounters with God. I- I'm going to get a hold of God. I- I'm going gonna- I'm to be a part of what God wants me to do. And so Jacob, he deceives his father and he steals the blessing. He's, he's stolen the birthright. And Esau says, I'm going to kill him. So Jacob sets out on his path. And Jacob's uh, journeying through life. and he, he marries into another conniving family. He marries into Laban's family. And the Lord probably was sitting up in heaven watching the two biggest cheats on earth trying to figure out how to connive each other out of things. And they're sitting there, and we won't preach the whole story, but Jacob, is, he gets deceived, and then he's deceitful. And he, he maneuvers his way through life, and his family's growing, and he's working through, and and, and he finally decides, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to where I come from, and I'm going to head back that direction. So he packs everybody up. He says, let's, let's head back. Let's go. And they pack everything up and they got it. We're going to go back to the promised land of God. We're going back to where God called me to be. God called me to go there. and Packs them up and says, let's go. Pack it up. So they start heading that way. And there's a lot that transpires along the story here. There's a lot that could be preached. But Jacob's heading back over. The Bible says he realizes. Somebody gives him word that says, hey... Esau is on his way. Esau's coming over the hills. And you better be ready because Esau's probably going to kill you. Last thing he said was, I'm going to kill you. And you're getting ready to run back into an Esau. Man, and Jacob says, you know what, God? I, I got to do something about this. I'm getting ready to run headlong into my Esau. I'm getting ready to run headlong into my problem. Man, my Esau is about to overcome me. Hey man, let me preach to somebody here today that knows what it's like to face an Esau. Hey man, I'm preaching to somebody here today on a Sunday morning that you say, Preacher, I I know what it's like to know to have an Esau. I I know what it's like to look over the hill and say, Pastor, nobody else in my family may understand it, but there's an Esau over the hill that it's going to kill me. There's an Esau over the hill that's getting ready to take me out. Hey man, Pastor, if you understood my problems, today. Uh, You would understand my Esau in my life. Uh, Amen. You would understand what I'm going through. Uh, And so Jacob understands uh, that if I try to handle Esau by myself, uh, I'm going to die. Uh, If I try to handle my problems on my own, uh, it's going to end in the destruction of me. Uh, Not just me, but it's going to take my family also. Uh, Amen. Who am I preaching here to today? Uh, Amen. I wish you would put yourself... uh, Amen. No, your name's not Jacob. Uh, and know your problem's not Esau, but I wish you'd put yourself uh, in the story here today uh, and understand that I'm Jacob today, uh, and that's my Esau. Whatever your Esau is, uh, I wish you'd put a name on it today uh, and understand I can't do this by myself. Uh, I can't fix this on my own. Uh, I can't handle my Esau uh, by myself here today. So Jacob gets up. He separates them all. He says, you go here and you go there and puts the handmaids and the children and Rachel leaves, puts it all up. And the Bible says he heads over yonder. And he gets to a certain place. And there he tarried alone. I want to tell somebody here today, there's some things in life that the only way you're going to conquer it 
is on your own. There's some things in life, amen, your friends can't fix, your family can't fix, a doctor can't fix it, a lawyer can't fix it, another medication can't fix it, another another job can't fix it. There's some things in life the only thing uh, that can fix it uh, is when you say, you know what, God, I'm going to get alone uh, with you. Uh, I'm going to get alone with God here today. Uh, I wish somebody here today under the sound of my voice would say, you know what, uh, I've tried to handle this every single way, uh, but God, here today on a Sunday morning, uh, the only way I can fix this uh, is I've got to get alone with God. Uh, i got to get a hold of God. Uh, amen. I got to get a hold, uh, amen, of God for myself here today. And the Bible says he wrestles with God, with an angel. All of you want to put, I believe it was a theophany of God standing there. Amen. He wrestles with them all night long. I was praying last night. I feel like telling somebody here today. I feel like the Lord gave me this in prayer last night, so I'm going to give it to you today. I feel like telling somebody here today, it's not a sin to struggle. Because Jacob sat there all night long and struggled with God and wrestled with God and battled with God and warred with God all night long. Amen. I couldn't have preached to somebody here tonight that it's not a sin to struggle. It's not a sin to ask God why. It's not a sin to cry yourself to sleep. Amen. But you better make up in your mind I'm not letting go. I'm not giving up. I'm going to wrestle with God until He changes me. I'm going to hold on to God until He gives me a new name. I wish somebody today in the middle of their struggle would say, God, I'm going to hold on till the morning comes. I'm going to hold on until the, 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 the sun rises again. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So Jacob wrestles and he struggles and he battles all night long. Somebody here today knows what that's like to struggle. Knows what it's like to sit there and wrestle with God. God, why? How come? What's going on, God? Where are you at? Ever ask God that? Why? Where are you at? Jesus Christ on the cross looked down and said, My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? I don't get mad when people sit across my desk and ask why. I don't get mad when somebody's struggling with God. I just want you to hold on. I want you to get a bulldog grip on him and say, I'm not letting go until you touch me. I'm not letting go until you move. And it was in that place that God changes his name from Jacob to Israel. Changes his name from the heel grabber to the father of many nations. The Bible says something at the morning time. God reaches down and touches his thigh. And the Bible says he walked out of there with a limp. He walks out of there halting on his thigh. I can walk like this when I was eight years old. I had a really bad limp. I know what it's like every step you take to have a limp. And Jacob walks back over to the other side with a limp. He's walking back, amen, after a night of struggling with God, and he's limping. He's walking back with a new name, but he's got a limp. He's walking back with a touch, but now he's got a limp. He's walking back to face Esau, but he's walking with a limp. He's walking and God's touched him. But it ain't like he expected. It ain't like he wanted. But he's walking different. Amen. I kind of preach to somebody here today. Amen. That's walking into church. You say, Pastor, I've been in prayer meetings, but I've left with a limp. Pastor, I've came to the altar and I felt like God touched me. But do you see how I'm walking? I don't feel like I'm walking right. I'm walking with a limp. 
Amen. Life has left me with a limp. God handed me a limp. Why am I walking this way? And the Bible says Jacob walks over the brook with that limp. And the Bible says something in Genesis 33 and 1 that caught my attention last night. Bible says, and Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked and behold here came Esau. Amen. I couldn't have preached to somebody here today. You got to understand I'm not going to look down at the limp. If you look down at the limp, you can say, look what God did to me. Look what God did in my life. Look at the way I'm walking here today, Pastor. Look at how life is today. But the Bible says when Jacob lifted up his eyes, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Esau. You say, Pastor, what was so good about seeing Esau? Why did that get you excited? Why did that make you want to preach? You just said Esau was his problem. You just said Esau was his issue. You just said Esau was his pain. Why would you get excited about looking up and seeing Esau? Because I didn't give in there. I flipped on over to, I kept reading in Genesis 33. And I got to verse 10. Jacob gets over to the other side. Walks up to to Esau with his limp. And he gets to Esau. There it is. And Jacob said, Nay, I pray thee, if now I have found grace in thy sight, then receive my present at my hand. For therefore, I have seen thy face as though I had seen the face of God. And it pleased me. Jacob said, when I looked at my problems 20 years later, when I looked at my pain after I got alone with God, when I finally got face to face with my Esau, was my Esau good? No. Was my Esau great? No. Was my Esau still a problem? Yes. Was Esau, was he still scared of Esau? Yes. But when he got alone with God and he got his eyes back up, he said, when I looked at Esau this time, the first time I looked at him, I saw problems. The first time I looked at him, I saw defeat and I ran away. But this time when I lifted up my eyes and I looked at it this time, I saw God in the middle of my problem. I saw God in the middle of my pain. What are you preaching here today? I come to preach you today. Don't look at the limp. Don't look down at the walk. But get your eye back up and understand that God is in my Esau. Amen. I see God in my problem here today. Can I tell you here today? Esau didn't destroy him. Esau didn't kill him. Why? Because God was in the problem. And God was in the struggle. I came to encourage somebody here today. Lift up your eyes. Get them up and understand. He brought you this far. He'll bring you through it. If he brought you to Esau, he'll bring you past Esau today. Come on. Come on today, Saint of God. Visitor in this house, whoever you may be, I'm preaching to. I come to preach to somebody. Don't look at the limp here today. It's easy to walk in the house of God and say, Pastor, here's the reasons why. Look what God did to me. Look at the way I'm walking. Look at my limb. Look at what life handed me, Pastor. Look at what I'm going through. Hey, man, or you can finally understand like Jacob and understand God is working everything together to try to make something out of me. Hey, man, are you saying God made all my problems? No. Are you saying God is trying to, 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 to do all this to me? No. But I am telling you, God is in the midst of every part of our life. God is in the midst of every trouble we face. Hey, man, is the problems good? Hey, man, there's sometimes we sit there and we think, hey, God's doing this to me. No, uh, 
Amen. Sometimes like Job, he was asking, why are you doing this, God? And really on the other hand, it was the enemy. But in the middle of it all, God said, I'm able to take it all and fix it here today. Amen. I'm just coming to preach to somebody. It's time to lift your eyes up off the limp and look back up and understand if I got to go through an Esau, I'm going to keep my eye up and understand God is in my Esau today. That's why Paul, he looked at the Lord. He said, Lord, three times I've asked you, remove this thorn, take it out. God said, no, I'm not taking Esau out of the way. I'm not doing it. He said, my grace, my grace is sufficient. I wish today the Lord would have gave me a message to preach here today and tell you, hey, just walk around the wall and the walls are going to come down. I wish you'd have gave me a message to preach today. Hey, Abraham, don't worry about it. Your son's not going to be sacrificed. Look up. Look up. There's a ram in the thicket. I'd love to preach that today. But I felt like the Lord sent me here on the first Sunday morning that I get to preach here as pastor. And I come to preach to somebody. Look up. You may have to walk through Esau, but look up. Sister Angela, we may have to go to the surgery table, but look up. Hey man, we may, hey man, we may have to go all the way. I pray and God heal Sister Angela. But if I have to go through my Esau, I'm gonna keep looking up. Hey man, if I gotta go through trouble, guess what? I'm gonna keep looking up. Come on, Saint of God, is there a church here today that says, God, hey man, I may go through the valley of the shadow of death, but I understand God's in the valley with me. He's on the mountain with me. Hey man, he's in my Esau with me. Amen. He knows the way I take. He knows where I'm at. But I just got to keep my eye lifted up to the one that's going to come to be my help here today. I've made this point probably 30 times since I've been here. I'm going to make it again today because it fits. You read Hebrews 11 and you read about all the heroes of faith, all them great heroes. All the great things they did. And you flip over to Hebrews 12. And you wonder, how did they make it? How did they go through all that? Hebrews 12 and 1 and 2 gives us the answer. The Bible says, Seeing then we could pass about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Who's those witnesses? Is those heroes of faith we just read about in Hebrews 11. He said, what are you going to do? He said, lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset you. And then he says something. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. How are you going to make it? I'm going to keep looking unto Jesus. Abraham, how did you make it? I kept looking unto Jesus. Noah, how did you make it when you was building an ark and everybody laughed at you? I just kept looking unto Jesus. David, how did you make it? Amen. When everything's falling apart, I just kept looking unto Jesus. Samson, how did you do it when there's a thousand men? I don't know. I just kept looking unto Jesus. Amen. Gideon, how did you do it? I don't know. All I had was a few men and the enemy had me outnumbered. But guess what? I just kept looking unto Jesus. Amen. I know it's a simple message today. Amen. But I pray somebody will get a hold of this today and say, you know what, Pastor? I've been walking around like this for a while. I've been walking down feeling defeated. Amen. I'm tired. I'm scared to even look up because when I know I lift up my eyes, I'm going to see Esau. Amen. I come to tell you here today, quit looking down at the limp. Quit looking at what you're going through and say, you know what? The only way I'm going to get through it is I'm going to lift my eyes up and say, you know what, God? I'm going to walk until I see you in it. I'm going to stay with this until I see God in the middle of it. You keep reading. That wasn't the end of Jacob. Jacob grew. Jacob multiplied. Jacob built the 12 tribes of Israel that came from Jacob. You know what that came from? That came from a man that lifted up his eyes. That came from a man that said, you know what? I'm not going to be defeated. Esau's not going to kill me. I'm going to preserve my family. I'm going to preserve a nation. I'm going to preserve a church. 
I'm going to keep walking with God. But it starts with somebody that says, I'm going to look unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. If the music will come, I'm getting ready to close. I was praying last night. I wanted to, I wanted to follow His will. I tried to always follow after His will. Say, Lord, I don't know who's going to be here. I figure somebody would probably not set their alarm back or something. We'd be missing people. And I'm thankful everybody's here today. Looks good out here. But I was praying. And I just felt that overwhelming push come back. To tell somebody it's not over. Tell somebody it's not finished. I'm still in the battle with them. Hey Amen. As we stand over this house. Hey man, I feel like preaching to somebody here today. I'm getting ready to close, but I feel like letting somebody know. As we walk to this house of God here today, you can either look down at the sockets of brass and say, Preacher, I can't make it. Preacher, you don't understand that if I sell my life out to God, what it's going to cost me. Pastor, you don't understand what's going on in my life. You don't understand what's going on in my finances. You don't understand what a commitment is going to cost me. I say, no, I don't. But I do know one thing. That if we try to handle Esau's on our own, it'll cost us everything. But when we come back to the realization and say, you know what, God? I'm going to lift my eyes up. I may have walked into Power of God Pentecostal Church on a Sunday morning with my limp. I may have walked in here today with my problems. I may have walked in here today. You know what? I'm, I, I'm two hip surgeries in already. I'm 30, getting ready to be 32. And I've learned something. That they can sometimes fix it. I don't got to limp no more. If you see me sit down for too long, I'll limp. My body will get stiffed up. And my, my hip will hurt me. And you watch me. If we sit down, I'll limp away from the table. and I'll get it loosened up. But... I'm able to walk all right. I I do pretty good. But there's some things. Hey, man, I've got a big old long scar down the side of my leg where they cut me open. Hey, man, I'm not coming to preach here today that there's never no scars in life. And life doesn't ever leave you with no pain and and, and decisions. Hey, man, don't leave you problems. That's not what I'm preaching here today. But I am preaching here today. Hey, man, it's not time to focus on the limp. It's not time to look down and say, look what God did to me. Hey, man, but I come to preach a message of hope here today. Don't look down at the brass, but get your eyes up on a silver cord and say, you know what, God? There's redemption in this house today there's hope in this house today there's restoration in the house today there's forgiveness of sins in this house today there's joy in the house today whatever you need it's here but you gotta lift up your eyes from whence cometh your help because my help comes from the Lord here today I want to hear today as I open this altar why don't we just do this here today? I don't want to single anybody out or make anybody feel like, yeah, Pastor, I'm the one with the limp here today. So why don't we do this? If you're here today and you're a saint of God, if you're a visitor, if you want to join us, join us. Why don't we all come down to this altar, lift our hands up in the air, and say, God, you know what? Hey, man, I may have walked into church today with a limp. I may have walked in church today. Hey, man, hey, man, halting on my thigh. I may have walked in here with problems and pain and trouble and hurt and scars. But God, today on a Sunday morning, I want to walk down to an altar and I don't want to look down at judgment. I don't want to look down at my sins. I don't want to look down at my problems. But on a Sunday morning, I want to lift my hands up and look at a silver cord of redemption and understand I can make it here today. Understand that there is hope in the house here today. Can we lift our hands up?